0: I am Edgar Otra Vez, and welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. Now, today on the show, I have a very special guest. He is a jiu-jitsu brown belt and co-owner of Fifth Element Yoga and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu out in Winchester Kentucky Rick Bentoncour now if you're new to the show and you want to find out more head on over to our website the there you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some merchandise so Rick has lived a very interesting life he's originally from Columbia he spent some time in the military he's been all over and he's seen a lot of things that's why I brought Rick on the show I find him to be a super courageous dude and I just wanted to kind of find out what makes him tick you know what what drives him why is he so fearless i really hope you like this episode i thoroughly enjoyed talking to rick and i uh i hope you like it too now i'm with the show so welcome to another episode of the Flow floral podcast i am edgar otra Vez, and today on the show i have jiu-jitsu brown belt owner of fifth element yoga and bjj out in winchester kentucky rick Bentoncourt. how you doing brother good man how are you all right all right so uh i just you know i've I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while because i you are such an interesting cat dude (laughs) like um thank you i i
1: think i'll take it as a compliment
0: no 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 it's absolutely a compliment um and uh i really one of the things i wanted to kind of you know pick your mind about and we talked about this before is just like you you're another one of those people that i feel is kind of like fearless like you don't you just grab life by the balls and say "Fuck it let's go you know and you're not you're not like. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you're afraid of anything. Almost, um, where do you, where do you kind of get that kind of courage? I do fear one thing. And what's that?
1: I fear dying and not accomplishing. I fear not leaving my kids in a better situation than the one I had grew up with. Mm so that makes me take risks uh that may seem to the outsider like man this guy just doesn't give a shit. like Mm -hmm. you know like i was telling you the other day like i don't i don't walk to the edge or to the ledge i i sprint to it and i jump off you know and 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 it all actually comes from a fear which is of failing my kids um financially and 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 love and growth and you know, yeah. Again, just not, not being able to leave them in a better situation than the one I had.
0: So, speaking of the situation that you that you had, you grew up in Colombia. You're yeah. from Colombia, and you, yes, sir. You grew up in Medellin, but you were born where again? So I, I grew up. Um, I was born in Barranquilla,
1: which is the Caribbean coast of Colombia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and my mom is from Medellin, my dad is from Barranquilla. Okay, I bounced back and forth. We 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 moved around quite a bit. Uh, I mean, we we're talking about Colombia in the '80s, and life in Colombia was very unstable, especially for a single mom. Yeah. Uh, so we moved around a lot. So I spent a lot of time in Medellin, and I spent a lot of time in Barranquilla as well.
0: Yeah, you you've seen some rough shit. You've seen a lot of rough shit. I mean, you know, we talk about. The hood here in Chicago, but you know, in in the barrios of Medellin, like what was what was it like there? I mean, poverty here is one thing, but poverty there is different, right? I mean, you if you're poor there or you don't have money there, you don't have shoes. Is that is that a correct assessment? Yeah. Here, here you still have shoes if you're poor. There you don't. You yeah. don't even have shoes. Like yeah. there's some basic necessities you don't even have. Correct. So, so like
1: uh so my time in Medellin, so when I when I was with when I lived with my mom, my time in our time in Medellin was rough. Um I had shoes, but yeah, I, I had the 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 bare necessities that Americans know and recognize like having shoes. Um mm-hmm. my mom worked a lot of jobs. Um So I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, She taught me how to cook when I was like, I don't know, four years old. Jesus Christ. Like I would walk home from school by myself, um, turn the stove on, you know, she would leave me all the measurements and everything for rice and beans and, you know, platano and yuca. And
0: Mm.
1: I would get home and I would cook for myself. And a lot of times I wouldn't see her, you know, I'd, I'd go to bed and, I mean I would see her in the morning. Yeah. You know, but you know. Yeah. So is I didn't that, see my mom a whole lot. I spent a lot of time solo.
0: And it's and it's rough there. So like you you put up with a lot. Is that what kind of drives you? You don't want to see that for your kids then, huh? No. Um,
1: so yeah, um yeah. We went through a lot. Uh my mom was a maid, you know, she worked at bars at night, night. Um, we, I, I grew up watching my mom beg people and family to let us stay at their house. Yeah. You know? And so that was, um, it could shape you. Yeah, dude. Seriously. And, 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 and I also grew up watching family watch her beg and say no
0: yeah you know yeah it's because like the other thing too is like when there's someone like that with so much desperation you they're afraid they're afraid what they're bringing into the house and so it's it's messed up it's not cool the reason why uh
1: family would turn their backs on us and, and again we're talking I mean, we're talking Colombia in the '80s, which at the time probably might have been 30 or 40 years behind the United States, right? So we're talking like really old school, old country. Uh, but uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad, he was the oldest of like 27 brothers and sisters, and he was the he was the uh, what do you guys call him? The, uh- the patriarch. Yeah. He was, he was the the top of the food chain. Yeah. Um, when, when his dad passed away from what I know at a very young age, uh, from my grandpa. And so what he said was law. And when my mom left home, uh, my understanding is that my grandfather said to the whole family, you know, you can't take her in.
0: That is fucked up.
1: Yeah. And everybody would listen. The only person that wouldn't listen was my great grandmother, his mom. Mm. She was the one, she was the only one that had the balls to stand up against them. Obviously. Cause that's mom, you know, what's he going to do? Yeah. But she yeah. would be the only one that would give us food or, you know, uh, my uncles and aunts and stuff, you know, they would, they would receive us for the day. They would feed us. And, but as soon as it got dark, you know, we had to be on our way.
0: Yeah. So then, you what at what age did you come to chicago or into the states 1995 1995 wow and did you start coming to high school here or how old were you then so i came because you're a relatively mm-hmm. young guy in comparison to me at least so how old are you you're I'm, I'm 46
1: i am i was born in 82 okay i believe i'm 39 right now 39 or 40 okay and i came here in 95. so i was uh about 13 years old i don't know yeah so you you're so, something like that
0: so like you were saying you started uh eighth grade at one point and then you went into high school here okay
1: yeah i started eighth grade um, And
0: what was the culture shock for you man you came here you, you where did you land
1: it was rough so obviously I landed in Florida, like all Colombians do, but, or did at least back then. But I, I, I ended up in Chicago with my mom. And when it, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So there's there a couple of things that were crazy. Uh, one, I, I am this kid from the Caribbean that speaks a very different Spanish from everyone else in, in Chicago. Right. Like, yeah. I, uh, you know, we moved to the south side in Chicago, which was predominantly and by predominantly, I mean, like, 100 percent Mexicans. In school. <laughs> uh, um, so. So I didn't speak Spanish uh-huh. not to them, at least. Right. What? Um, you, didn't, you didn't speak didn't Spanish? They, no, I didn't speak Spanish. I, they didn't understand what I said. They didn't understand any of my Spanish. That's crazy. So, it's not
0: that different. So a,
1: it's very different.
0: Well, it's I mean, you—you you got the voice, right? You—you you guys speak with voice.
1: No, no, that's oh, no, you- that's 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 Medellin. Oh, okay. So you don't speak with uh, that. Okay, you used to. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Barranquilla uh, accent is like like a mix between Dominican and Cuban. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, all Caribbean islands, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of letters that we eat up or just don't pronounce at all. Like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like street slang that like people would be like, what the fuck are you saying, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. um, um So, yeah, when I got to Chicago, I, I didn't speak Spanish and I didn't speak English. Oh, that's so horrible. I was, I was, so I was in a bad spot. Oh, so it, it, it's one of the reasons I had to learn very fast right because I, I i was unable to communicate with the kids in the neighborhood so i started um i just like just fully jumped in you know and i and i was in the streets every day like because i had this like i'm this kid from colombia right and like in colombia much like in mexico from what i hear from my friends um you know you leave right after breakfast and you don't come back until midnight, you know, yeah. shit in Colombia. Sometimes I wouldn't come back until two, three in the morning, you know, as a, as a seven, eight year old. So I, I got here and I started doing the same thing, just being out in the streets and I just totally immersed myself in in, in the culture and, and I learned English fairly quickly and I started learning how to communicate with Mexicans and <laughs> I, I, I learned, I learned all their, all their slang Yeah. pretty quickly. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that was one of the crazy things first arriving here. The second thing was my mom, when I got here, but the fear of God in me about gang members. And, um, and to me it was like, Holy shit, man. Like I'm coming from Colombia. Like people in Colombia get murdered at every corner. And my mom fears these people here. Like what kind of savages are they? Right? Like, yeah. But it turns out that she just wanted me to, to walk a better path. I guess she had a lot of fears for me growing up, you know, in, in, in Columbia, the life expectancy of a, of a boy during those years, I believe was like 13 years of age. Yeah. So she always felt that like I was walking the line every day that I walked out of the house and,
0: you know, that's, um, that can be true if you end up in a gang in chicago like um she did the right thing in terms of like putting the fear of god in you uh because the life expectancy is similar if you join a gang in chicago uh you will not make it to your 20s you know you will not make it there's there's very few don't get me wrong there's but there are very few uh gangbangers above 20 and uh or even 30 and the few that are They're really, really bad guys. Yeah. Or, you know, they've they've managed to step away and Mm -hmm. and luckily not get themselves murdered in the process. Because there's there's a it's a there's a pretty rough hazing, from what I understand. I've never I've always stayed away from that shit myself. Um but uh yeah they're that it's it doesn't compare to the violence you've probably saw in Colombia, I'm sure it's way worse there, but she wanted you to make it, man. So like, uh, if you would have ended up in a gang, especially the, the, the rough part too, is, is like, it's amazing that you made it through, especially hanging out on the streets as much as you did, because, you know, how can you hang out on the street and not get, not run into these guys? And sometimes oh,
1: boy, I, I, I hung out. I hung out with. I mean, like you said, it's 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 impossible, right, to run yeah. with crews and whatnot. But I, I never, I never, I never joined the gang. I mean, I hung out with them because when you go to the park, that's where they are. You know, when you're playing football in the snow, like yeah. on the boulevard, that's that's where they are. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, like how can you live in the neighborhood and not, you know, run into these guys? Yeah. They took a liking to me. I, you know, I I liked them and I hung out with them, but I never. Honestly, like they never even asked me to join mm. and, and, it, and it never really, um, Pushed it on you. Occurred to me mm-hmm. to even want to be part of something like that. Maybe, maybe from being in Colombia and seeing what kind of outcomes that kind of lifestyle brings.
0: I, I never got, I never got that either, which is kind of interesting. Cause, um, the, 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 the thought is, is that they, they're constantly trying to recruit. And yeah. at least in my experience, for the most part, they left me alone. There's a couple of close calls where I almost got the shit kicked out of me. Yeah. um uh, but uh, you know, I think everybody has that kind of experience where it's just yeah. like, "Oh shit, this guy is chasing me." You know, um, I've, I've been jumped before for sure. I, oh, I got my ass pulled by cops before. Shit. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> I I think I've been big enough, a big enough kid, where they kind of left me alone. And i'm also like i see trouble and i'm like fuck that shit. i'm going this way you know yeah yeah which drives me crazy because i see these horror movies and the people <laughs> in the horror movies are like i hear some shit. let me go check it <laughs> let out let me go find it let me go yeah. see what it is no nah, dude that's not what you do you pick up the phone you call the police or you <laughs> go the fuck the other way you know you don't go yeah. let me go investigate so that shit always cracks me up um but yeah, like uh, I've there's been plenty of like crazy shit happening, but thankfully I've, I've never, I've never been jumped. I've gotten, don't get me wrong. It's gotten fucking scary close. Cause you know, you live in the neighborhood, you're going to be coming home at all hours of the night, whatever. You're going to see shit. Shit's going to happen to you. You know, there might be a shootout. You know, I was on the expressway, I was getting off the expressway once and people started shooting each other out of the cars. And I was like, yeah. oh shit, you know, like all I yeah. could do was like drive around these guys. But I am mean, again, this pales in comparison to the, yeah. all the noise that you saw in Medellin. So yeah. like, so now you grew up in this, you know, in these environments. And is that what drove you to go to the military? Like what, what made you, what, what got you from, from Colombia to the, Pils- to the military? To the military?
1: Uh, so one, um, one, my mom sat me down and she was like, look, man, uh, college is not for you. I like guess it's not in the books, um,
0: for various reasons, like uh, money, et cetera.
1: money, money, mainly. Yeah. Um, and I guess she just saw that I was, you know, at, at the time I was a, being a knucklehead already. And she was just like, you know, you're going to have to figure out your own way. As soon as you graduate high school. So I, when I was young, I always wanted to be like a, like a federal agent, you know, like. That's awesome. Jason Bourne kind of, you know, like, um, I guess I watched too many movies as a kid,
0: Uh
1: but um, I always wanted to be like a, like a secret agent, you know? And uh, I went to my um, counselor, Uh, and uh, as a junior, I believe it was or as a senior. I don't know. But anyway, I went to my guidance uh, counselor who was a phenomenal guy. I actually, I actually, I, I met with him, I believe like three years ago, we went to a baseball game and caught up with him. Um, He was, he was the first person that I recognized as a, as a father figure. Mm. Um, I, I, You know, needless to say, I, I never met my dad and never really had a, a father figure or a male figure that to help guide me in the right direction as a young man. He was the first person to do that. But anyway, him and I formed a, a very close relationship. But anyway, I went to see him and he was like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'm not ready for college. Uh, and he asked me, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be like a federal agent." secret agent. And he goes, Well, you gotta do in the military. He was he was an army, I want to say he was like an army ranger in Vietnam or something like that. Oh that he was. Yeah, yeah. He That's was That's fucking was, awesome dude. Yeah. He was a uh he had been drafted. I'm sorry, yeah, drafted. He had been drafted to play professional hockey. And that same year he got drafted to the to go to Vietnam. Oh my. And so His hockey career never, never took off. But anyway, so he, he goes, he was a bad, he was a bad motherfucking man. Big boy. Uh, Anyway, he says, um, says you got to join the military. I have no idea what the military is, right? Like, I, I, I mean, again, I've only been in the country four years, you know, so I don't know anything about anything Uh to me. When he said the military, like, at the time, I didn't know that there was an Air Force, a Navy, a Coast Guard, Army, Marine Corps, right? So when he says, you got to join the military, I was like, all right, cool. Set it up. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, was, <laughs> I guess I was, I guess I was always running to the ledge, even from back then. Cause I was, I was just like, all right, cool. Set it up.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And the first recruiter that showed up was a Marine recruiter. Uh, I, I I tell, I tell friends all the time, like, if it would have been a squid that showed up, I would join the Navy (laughs) because, because I I didn't know that there was different branches. So I was just, so, so when he showed up, I was like, all right, cool. Where do I sign? And when do I leave? It like, it was just, he didn't have to fucking, he didn't have to sell me on anything. Uh, I was just like, my, my, my uh, counselor says I got to join the military. You are the military. I'm signing up with you so I can go become a fucking killer for, a yeah. secret agency that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, The badass over there tells me that I could be a badass if I join you guys. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'm going to go um, where you guys are going. Yeah. That's fucking so, awesome. It's ballsy. It's nuts. It's nuts.
1: I didn't have any other options. You know, my mom had already said, fucking figure it out, kid. So, yeah. so same thing, uh, uh, you know, Marco, uh, my, my recruiter, I don't know if I can say his name or not, but, uh
0: You can say his name
1: if you want, but uh, I don't know. Marcos Marcos Estrada was my recruiter. Okay.
0: Latin guy. guy. Uh,
1: Yeah. 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 His office was over there by Curie High School by the mall. Okay. So uh, he became my recruiter. He started getting me ready. He was also the first person to introduce me to fighting way back in 1998 or 1999. He was an MMA fighter. His brother was an MMA fighter. Wow. He's the, first, he's the first person to introduce me to to fighting. So anyway, he recruited me and uh, I fucking shipped out July 4th of 2000. I was in San Diego stepping on the yellow footprints. July 4th, 2000.
0: Wow. And are you, do you regret any of it? Or are you, you think, no. you, you thank God for that, huh? I wouldn't do it any other way. That's amazing, dude. But you also, you've seen combat though, too, right? So, yes, sir. Yeah.
1: I was in, I was in Japan when 9 11 happened. You were in Japan. That's wild. I was in Japan, yeah. When 9 11 happened over there, it was like, I don't remember, but it must have been like one or two in the morning over there, midnight. I don't know. It was night. It was nighttime and it was a weekend. So we were all fucking drunk and partying and shit. And people started running up and down the halls and they were like, we're getting attacked, we're getting attacked. And we're thinking we're getting attacked in Japan. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> turn on the news, turn on the news. And we turn on the news and everybody gets fucking, we all just sat there in fucking disbelief. Like, holy fuck, we got attacked yeah. on U.S. territory, not fucking some embassy or like... And then, uh, you know, there there was a couple of guys in my unit that had family that died. Um yeah during that event and literally the next fucking morning we're packing up we're heading to guam
0: and how'd you go yep
1: well we went to guam we stayed over there for a month i was in jail in guam
0: for a while what yeah oh well we don't have to talk about that if you don't want to but (laughs) it's it's been a long time Uh, it it, it was
1: it was it was dumb military stuff Um, well i mean you're a young guy right you yeah, know, yeah, if, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years old, maybe. You know,
0: you know like, especially with the military strict as it is, I'm sure that you could look at your commanding officer cross-eyed and that'll land you in jail. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm sure. Well, well, well this, this was a little more serious than that. But, uh, you said uh, I was cutting you some slack, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, so
1: I ended up in a bar fight. Okay. So the last, the last night that we're in Guam, we're going back to Japan, <laughs> the last night, my my XO says, "Hey Ben and do you want to go out to town to drink?" I was like, "Well, we can't. They got us on lockdown because they know we will do something stupid." So, you know, because usually the last weekend before you leave anywhere, they'll be like, "Motherfuckers, oh, stay locked up." You know, we don't we don't have any, we don't need anybody going to jail. And he goes, "I'm the fucking XO. Let's go." Oh, I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" He goes, "I want to get in a fight." I said, well, no more. Let's go." This is a, this is my XO, who is who. The XO, for those of you that are listening that don't understand who, who the XO is in the Marine Corps, is uh, he is the like a commanding, I guess, lieutenant for the entire company. So he commands about a hundred people or so, hundred and thirty people. So he's, he's he's no fucking he's no young punk like me, right? Yeah. This is one of the top dogs saying. Hey, Bettencourt, let's go fucking get in the fight. Let's
0: go pick a fight.
1: (laughs) So me and my homie uh, Zamora, another Marine, uh, Uh. and him, we checked out. We went fucking. I ended up hooking up with some girl at the bar, at the Hard Rock. I ended up hooking up with this girl. I forgot about the fight. Uh, DxO hooked up with another girl. She forgot about the fight. Zamora was on a mission to pick a fight. (laughs) And, uh, you know, (laughs) he picked the fight and before you know it, uh, hitting Zamora and Delphar and fucking cuffs in the back of a squad car and (sighs) go And the XO was trying to get us out of it. He was like, I'm the XO. I'll make sure they get punished. I'll make sure they pay for this. You know, he's like selling them the whole package and they're just like, nope, they're going to jail. Wow. So we get locked up that night and we're thinking it's supposed to be just a quick overnighter, right? Drunk, two drunk Americans, you know, let them sober up, shoot them out. Yeah. Dude, we were there for like fucking a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying to make an example out of you. We, now. Uh, we, <laughs> no, man, we love, we, so we got lost in the system. Oh, uh, we, we miss movement, which is a big deal in the military. Missing movement means your company or your battalion shipped off somewhere and you didn't go. Right. It's, it's, Almost as bad as going wall. Uh, we miss movement, you know, and this is a, this is Guam. You don't get a fucking phone call. You don't get dick. You know, you, <laughs> nothing. My, my buddy, my, my homies a more, I had a fucking broken hand. Uh... It was, it was horrible. It was, it was anyway, we ended up, we ended up getting out of there. We had some funny shit happen while we were in jail. Uh, we thought we were going to get killed or raped in there, but we dodged a bullet with that one. Then when we finally got out, uh, this Sergeant major picked us up and he takes us back to base. He doesn't say a fucking word to us. Nothing. We get out. He gives us some keys. He goes, that's your vehicle. That's your house. You call me every day at eight in the morning. Tell me you're still alive. Other than that, I don't want to hear from you. When I call you, it's because I got a flight for you to go to meet up with your unit so we're like all right so we walk in this house and me and z we got this fucking house all to ourselves a a full fucking house not an apartment not a fucking not a barracks not a house fully stocked with liquor and food and the whole shebang and he gave us a fucking car and we're like what the fuck is going like is this like uh like the 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 feast before they chop your head off kind of thing you know like This is in an Air Force base, by the way, which, I mean, fuck, Air Force Base is beautiful. It's heaven compared to a Marine Corps base. The mess hall, you know, where you eat breakfast and stuff, it's open 24 hours. Wow. They they cook, they make your eggs to order. Not The Marine Corps does not do that. They give you real mashed potatoes, not powdered mashed potatoes it was it was heavenly
0: why, the, why anyway, the hell did they get the special treatment it's the air force man they're smart yeah. <laughs> oh is that what it is they're yeah. brainiacs uh... yeah yeah <laughs> um,
1: the marine corps we we don't get dick. we didn't even have armor vehicles when we were in iraq what we didn't have armor vehicles but anyway um we had armored vehicles, but they're supposed to put these other plates on top of them to make them, I guess, more armored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't have that.
0: That's nuts. But
1: anyway, so, so finally he comes up to us. He goes, all right, I got you guys a flight. You're flying out tomorrow. It took a week. So we were just hanging out we were on vacation for a week, you know? <laughs> going to the gym and going to the childhood 24 hours. Of, you know That was open 24 hours a day. It was, we had a car. It was great. We fly over to Japan, we get back to the barracks and of me and Z, I was the higher rank. So I got called. My phone rang. I'm being called to the to the CO's office. So I go down the hill to the CO's office and I walk in there and he's sitting back on the phone talking to some top dog. Maybe a colonel or a general. I don't fucking know. He's smoking a cigar and he's talking to him for like five minutes. And like every now and then he'll glance at me and shake his head. I'm just thinking like, oh, man, like whoever he's talking to is telling him to cut my dick off and feed it to me, you know? <laughs> so finally he gets off the phone and uh, he like takes a puff of cigar, puts it on the ashtray and smacks the crap out of the desk. He goes, God damn it. That's, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. That's what a good Marine does. If your buddy gets in a bar fight, you chose to fucking get in the fight too and go to jail with him rather than leave him, go to jail by himself. And I was like, yep, I'm sure that's what I did. I was like, fucking
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So he opens the door. He goes, Gunny, company formation, 15 minutes. So they call the whole company down. Like, again, it's like 120, 130, 140. They come down and... Um, The CEO goes out there with me, he's holding me by the neck like I'm his fucking child. He goes, this is a fine example of a fucking Marine. That's what you motherfuckers should do when you go out to town. Don't leave your fucking buddy stranded. His buddy got in the fucking... Because when you're overseas and you go on Liberty, or when you go out to town, you have to sign a book saying, hey, I, PFC, whatever the fuck, and going to whatever town with PFC, whoever the fuck, right? Uh And when you come back, you have to sign the book again. You're, so you're signing out and you're signing in uh, and you have to come back with that buddy that you signed out with. Right. That's how they keep track of people, you know, but, um, so anyway, sometimes people will go out, their buddies will fucking go chasing some tail, get lost. And then the, their buddy will come back without them and it would, it would always be hell to pay for that. Oh man. So, you know, or, you know, there's like horror stories from back in the day where like buddies would get separated and the locals would kill them or whatever. So, anyway, that was the buddy system, and and you know, the the CO was just like, if your buddy fucking goes to jail, you go to jail with. Him. You know, if your buddy gets killed, you better fucking get killed with him. Yeah, you know, like Jesus. So anyway, that that was that was my my jail time. I I thought for sure I was going to go to jail in the Marine Corps i are going to take my rank and my pay. and I ended up becoming a trophy boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this <laughs> like, is hey, how you yeah. get in trouble
1: with yeah, your friends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
0: Not by yourself with your friends.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, but yeah, that was uh, so, so anyway, uh, where were we? So, so, so then we, right after that, we came back to the U S and they sent us on vacation which I think they had it all fucking planned all along, but they sent us on vacation. It was supposed to be like a 10 day vacation or something like that.
0: Wow. And
1: like two days later, they fucking called us back. So like, yeah, you guys, you boys are deploying. So get your asses back. So everybody had to fucking fly back Damn! And, uh, as soon as we flew back, it was like, pack your shit. It was, uh, it was, um, there was like, there was like this fucking letter that they literally fucking plaster on the wall in front of the phone. And they, you know, they fucking, they put you on the phone and you call your mom or your dad or your wife or whoever your significant other is. And you literally read that letter. Like it's it's not a personal phone call where you're like, Hey mom, you know, I'm checking, I'm out of here. You know, I love you. I'll see you whenever. I, no, it's like you read exactly what's on that fucking letter. huh and you know that there's no there's no there's no like wait for for your parents to say something there's no like if you you read it there's a or, or um, at the end you know goodbye whatever and then boom you hang up because they got you know another fucking 800 motherfuckers lined up to do exactly the same thing and there's people watching you know and there's there's a. Uh, I want to say there might've been MPs there, you know, in case you fucking open your mouth, and fucking drag your ass straight to jail. Wow. But uh, yeah, so we made the, we made the phone call in the phone. I don't remember this was a while ago, but you know, something along the lines of like, Hey mom, Hey dad, I'll be deploying. I cannot tell you where I'm going, when I'm going, when I'm coming back. All I can tell you is, I don't know what the fuck, you know? And like, this, again, it's a scripted thing. And as soon as you're done, you hang up and that's it.
0: Dude, that's like, that's not only an ordeal for you, but it's like a, it's a, it's a real, like, it's a real emotional, like task, even for your, for your family members, for your loved ones. Cause I mean, they have to hear this and they can't <clears throat> ask you questions. They can't have a conversation with you. And this could be the last time they hear from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I can I can imagine it being pretty traumatic for a parent to get that kind of phone call.
0: Jesus. And then you're but, gone but I, and you don't know when they're gonna hear from you again, if ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just months of them wanting to know where their son or daughter is at. hmm
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and, and you know, from the other side of the cone, I understand why the government has an aid to Absolutely. do something like that, right? Because we're about because, to invade a country and no one knows, right? Like this was happening. Like they were still discussing whether we were going to war or not, and we were already fucking packed and ready to go to war. You know, like we were already on our way to that place. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, um, the American people didn't even know, you know, that we were already over there fucking getting ready to tear shit up. Yeah. Um, you know, because the Marine Corps is the only branch that the president can deploy without having to get the okay.
0: Oh, really? I did not and know others. that.
1: Yeah. So the the Marine Corps is the, the only military branch that the, that the president can be like, yo, homie, go fucking wreck shop. Yeah. He doesn't have to get Congress to, to okay.
0: Holy crap.
1: Everybody else has to get the okay.
0: So then, like, what's what's the mortality rate like for Marine Corps? Shit, I don't know. So here's the other thing, like,
1: I, when I got out, um, you know, so our unit got hit pretty fucking hard in Iraq. Um, but anyway, my point is when I got out, I was done. I was just like, I don't give a shit. You know, like I, I talked to a bunch of my buddies that like got out and like all of a sudden fucking became military and government gurus. Like that's not me.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, like I I was fucking done, you know? Um, so people can fucking, I I probably sound like an idiot, you know, talking military shit because I seriously don't fucking remember a lot of the military jargon and,
0: you know, like well, it's years ago now, right? So I mean, it's been a long time. And, and again, when when I got out, I was out. I moved on with my life. Yeah. You know. So, but, but like you learned a few things by that point. You're out of the military, and you learn brotherhood, and you learn to live for the moment like those
1: are- yeah so so back to your original comment about me being fearless um one of the things the i would say the biggest thing that i learned in the military after watching 19 and 20 and 21 and 25 year olds be dead just like that and and, and everybody talks about it right like a we all very freely say, hey, man, you know, never know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. Like we all we all know it and understand it. Uh, but watching people literally fucking check out in front of you, is brings you a different level of understanding. You know, and, and another <clears throat> if, if I if I could attribute. You know, my fearlessness, as you call it, uh, I, I would attribute it to that as well. You know, like I, I, I do know that I could fucking walk outside right now and get hit by a fucking frozen turd falling off a plane if I can be dead, you know?
0: Yeah, anything can happen, right? Yeah. But but, the, so. the, but you you were in a, in a situation where the likelihood was increased, right? But that That's kind true. of, but now you're just kind of more aware of it. So like, you know, you don't have to be in that scenario. I mean, you you were in that scenario, you made it through. You were, you yeah. were in a scenario, you're a very lucky man if you think about it. You were in that kind of situation time and time and time and time again from the moment you were young yep all the way yep. up to, you know all the way up till you you got out of the military you are a lucky rabbit my friend you have <laughs> you have a rabbit and, and then and then in the fire department in the fire department like yeah so like running, running into build, burning buildings so like there you can't attribute all that to luck there's some of it some of it's got to be some smarts right some of it is like oh you have like you have an intelligence that says this is dangerous you know i can i can manage this and i know how because i've been in dangerous situations before do you think there's something like that that you have like a like an instinct most definitely
1: most definitely i mean i again i grew up in the streets yeah you know um in the streets, in the streets, if you're not sharp, you know, you, uh, you don't survive. Mm. You got You got you to have, uh, I, I think, I think I've gotten pretty okay at sizing up just about in a situation in, in a split second, yeah. which as my therapist tells me is maybe not a great way to live. It sounds like a very stressful way to live, but I guess that's just the way I'm wired now, you know? But,
0: um, so yeah, I I, I would agree with you, you know? So like, um, funny thing, um, you know, the food is real good in the hood. So my fat ass makes it over to the neighborhood, you know, every couple of months to pick up, Mm -hmm. shit, I shouldn't be eating, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time I started, I haven't done that in years. You know, like I, I left the neighborhood and haven't been in the neighborhood for, I don't know, maybe a good 10, 10 years, at least. Uh, for whatever reason, we started getting the the whole, you know, taste for weird stuff like birria and, you know, pan, de, you know, pan and conchas. And carnitas. Carnitas, because the carnitas are only real good in the hood. So... Yeah. My at, chum- at at five in the morning. At five in the morning. They sell,
1: because they sell out by five
0: thirty. Oh, not only that, dude, but if you get if you get if you get there like at eleven o'clock, those carnitas, if there are any if there are any left, they're all dry and hard. And yep. you don't want that shit. You want yep. you want to be there and at the latest. The, yeah. 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 You at the latest you want to be there at seven o'clock, pick up your carnitas. But yeah all that aside, uh, so you know. I go down in the hood, you know, I went actually the first time I went, I went to go get, you know, like a beef. Right. Mm -hmm. And I show up in the, in the neighborhood. First of all, the beef was shit. Um, I was like, what happened to this place? This place used to be the bomb. And now it's just crap, you know, but I show up in the neighborhood and it was like, nothing has changed. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Everything looked the same, the same the same dude i mean maybe the houses changed a little bit right you know some houses got knocked down other things came up you know cars look a little Mm -hmm. newer right but right right but like it was like all the same characters playing the same roles except with different faces and i'm like what the fuck is this it was weird so i get off the car and dude i didn't know how to how to walk i didn't know how to be in the neighborhood dude i was like like spooked out, I, I had no chill, bro. Like, I didn't even know how to walk anymore. I was just like, dude, you, I haven't been in the neighborhood in so long. I you're lost. you're
1: uh, you're that lion that that's been in the zoo for too long. Go back to the jungle, and you're like, where's yeah. the popcorn at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Oh, abs-
0: absolutely, dude. I would, I would get eaten up by the other lions. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I do, like, and I knew. I knew this much. I knew that when I started walking around and talking to people that I stuck out. I was just like, fuck, I stick out like that's the worst. Because if you stick out, that's not good. You know, you're you're calling attention to yourself, right? People are going to be like, well, what's with this guy? You know, Um, I've uh, I've gone back several times now, uh, not for anything other than food, Uh, not not to like kind of sharpen my instincts or anything, but I've chilled out a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a little more less like sore thumbish, you know? Like I'm not sticking yeah. out as much anymore, but yeah. at least I, at least that's what I think. But uh but yeah, dude, it's um it's weird because I think I think you lose a little bit of that, right? Yeah, for sure. For you know? sure. And and I don't know if I wanna and, and part of me, so here's here's the here's the kind of the dilemma that I'm dealing with. It's like you need some of that. Just in life, just in general, no matter who you are, you need a little bit of that. You need a little street smarts, right? Yes. But <clears throat> you know, there's, there's. But
1: it's also okay to lose it. I think to lose you, some of. It.
0: Yeah, it's okay to lose some of it, uh, yeah. but you got to have a little bit of it. and For sure. How do I teach this? How do I teach this to my kids without endangering them? You know what I'm saying? I don't think you can. You have to put them in some danger in order for well, them to I learn mean, this you shit. You can't. You can't. You
1: can't. You can't teach a kid that is not from the streets how to be street smart. I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, but no. you know, you can't. You can't teach a boxer what it feels like to get punched in the face without putting them in the ring to get punched in the face.
0: Right. 100%.
1: We can, we can try to teach them based on stories. Right. And our own anecdotes. But I mean, we all know how that works. Our kids, kids never listen to our stories of, Hey, you should do it this way because that's what I went through. Like they got to learn through their own,
0: you know? And the other thing too, is it's like, I don't like glamorizing this this situation, these, these situations we didn't want, you know, yeah, and, and that's
1: why, and, and that's why I said, you know, it's okay to lose that street sharpness because to lose, it means that you have removed yourself from that environment, mm. which should indicate that there's some growth that you have moved from it. Yeah. So I mean, to lose the sharpness, I, I, I mean, I would welcome it. Yeah. I think.
0: Well, that's because you are a man who lived the life. You're the man who's been in that. So you can say that, there are some fools that'll listen to a rap song or watch a little movie on TV and think, oh shit, that's badass. Right. It's like, no, motherfucker, you know what it's like to be shot at? Like, yeah. it's fucking scary, you know? Yeah. Like, the bullets are real. They, they kill people, you know?
1: Speaking of, uh, you were, we were talking about getting jumped earlier. I got jumped in, in New Jersey. Uh, and I shit you not, man. I, I got jumped by like 100 motherfuckers, man.
0: Oh, fuck, dude.
1: Me and my homie, we got jumped out there. How'd you? I mean, tell you
0: how'd you make it out?
1: Uh what? The, oh, I ended up with stitches on my head. They, they beat, they beat, they beat the fuck out of me with corona bottles. Fuck. Um, dude. How old were you? And my homeboy ended up with like broken ribs. I think uh, I was twenty-one or twenty-two. 21,
0: 22. Fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, so i that one. That one, I was like, fuck, I'm not making it out of this one that is fucking scary i've never again yeah. again i've seen shit like that happen like i was i was hanging out in the front of my house on a stoop right and there's this bar across the street from where i live in the neighborhood so i'm hanging out and it's me and my cousins and some friends and we're just we're kids i'm like 13. we're shooting the shit. right it's like 9 30 10 o'clock because you know it's the hood yeah you know? so we're hanging out and this is this is like you know 9 30 10 o'clock people are just starting to come out (laughs) yeah exactly people you know and especially in that time you know cars are driving by the music is pumping i think it was like you know friday everybody's driving by everybody's got mixes and and house playing out of their car right so we're hanging out in front of the stoop and i'm like 13 sitting there minding my own business shooting the shit making fun of each other doing all that nonsense that kids do and two idiots come out of the bar and i don't know what these idiots did but I think actually one guy was just like hanging out. There was one guy who was actually the troublemaker. The other guy just happened to walk out with him. And when when these two guys came out of the, the, the bar, slowly, well, I shouldn't say slowly, it happened really fast. But little by little, like a bunch of bangers started coming out. And I kid you not, in seconds, there was at least a hundred motherfuckers. Mm. On each corner, throwing bottles at this bar where these fools were at. The one guy took off. The guy who started all the shit, he took off. The other dude was too too drunk to even know what the fuck was going on. He got fucked up. He got bottled up and, and all that shit. These guys, they didn't cross the street. They were just throwing shit, dude. It was, mm. it was crazy. So we're sitting there and we it just it was like magic. It just happened, right? and we didn't even have time to run into the house shit was full-on war we run into the house you know and we wait for all the noise to chill out then we peek out to see what happened and it was i kid you not like 10 seconds later it was done Hmm. they just disappeared
1: disappeared yeah
0: yeah they went into gangways they just fucking manhole covers who knows you know they went they were gone just as fast
1: yeah it's a Something very similar happened with that situation in, in Patterson where we were getting jumped and, and I was, a I was a big, I was bigger back then. I was big into weightlifting and I was able to start tossing motherfuckers. And nice. I, I dragged my homie out of, out of the, cause there was one mob taking care of me and, and he had his own mob that was fucking stomping on him. So I pulled them out and we fucking ran off. And by this time I was already kind of like lightheaded and like, I had lost quite a bit of blood and, and he, and he, my boy was just blacked out. He was like, yo, B, we killing, you, you know, like, and I was like, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm fucked up, man. Like, and, and he finally kind of came to and he looked at me and he goes, yo, B, they fucked you up, son. You know? And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's go. So we literally run like around the corner. We jump in the truck and he goes, he goes, yo, I'm, I'm going around the block whoever's out is getting ran over. Oh Jesus. And I I'm, I'm in the passenger seat fucking barely holding on to myself and we circled we circled the block. By the time we fucking came around it looked like nothing ever happened. Everybody was gone. Everybody's gone. Motherfuckers went up in the trees. I don't know what they did. They went in the sewers <laughs> like, you need to turn
0: These motherfuckers is gone.
1: Yeah. You know, and uh yeah. So yeah, it, it it's, 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 it's crazy how shit like that happens in the hood. And two seconds later. yeah.
0: yeah. I, I just, I couldn't like, even as a 13 year old, I couldn't understand how quickly they came together and how fast they just disappeared. I'm like, where are these guys? Where did they go? Yeah. Are they jumping into people's houses? they are probably jumping into people's houses, garages, you know, Like yeah. the other thing yeah. too is like, I know there was a spot in the neighborhood where all these guys would hang out. There was like an abandoned house. And some of these guys probably went there, but it was like in the other direction. So it just, it just didn't make, to me, it didn't make any sense, but it's just wild, man. Like, um, yeah, shit, shit can happen. And there was like no reason for it. It was like something stupid. Like this guy didn't buy me a beer or something weird. And so he wouldn't call those kind of what happened in my situation as well. I mean, when,
1: when, when liquor is involved, man, like, and shit goes down and you analyze it later on. It's like, wow, did we really just fucking put our lives on the line over this guy stepped on my fucking Tim's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, literally like in the hood, motherfuckers get killed for stepping on somebody's Tim. So at least back in the day, they did.
0: Yeah.
1: ones, you know, um, we're in the wrong jacket. We're in the wrong jacket, dude. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I remember back in the day too, in Chicago, you know, kids getting killed for the Jordans, you yeah. know, back when they were you know
0: so i made the mistake of wearing a black and gold jacket in my neighborhood in, in that neighborhood you don't wear that or at least uh, in the neighborhood uh, that i grew up you don't wear that uh, and uh my my mom bought it for me you know for for christmas she doesn't she's not aware of that kind of stuff yeah right? but you know i had to wear it so i was constantly constantly ducking and, and watching out and trying not to get fucking jumped yeah but it was like i made it real apparent i made it real i made it real apparent that i was not banging that i was yeah that i was you know like i dressed up nice i made sure i didn't wear anything that the only problem is is that fucking jacket that jacket got almost there was one time i got it got real fucking scary man um but you know nothing like actually getting jumped just you know yeah this guy stood in my face and I was like, I'm trying to pass. And he's just like standing in front of me. I'm like, dude, I'm like fucking 13, you know? Yeah. They, don't give, 20- they don't give a fuck. No, man. no. And this guy's like a 25 year old guy, 20 year old guy trying to fucking yep. beat on a little kid. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. You know? And so, you know, but it's just like, this is the kind of shit that happens.
1: This is the and, kind and, of shit. and those are the things that, like you said, make you sharp, make you street smart. And, you know, how do you teach your kid? To recognize those situations when they don't have to walk around like, oh shit, I could get jumped at any given moment. You know, like, you just can't teach that.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and you don't want to put them in that environment, right? I mean,
1: it's, it's it's why we work hard. It's why we move into better neighborhoods. It's why we move out of you know, so that they don't have to experience something like that.
0: But so I guess so- as as
1: as we're talking about it, like it, it's kind of hypocritical for us to go through all those lens to get them out of that environment and then be like yo be street smart like <laughs> <laughs> like okay you move me out of the hood you send me to a private school like what the fuck you want from me you know
0: yeah 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 it, right. it is hypocritical but it's just like you also you know that eventually they got to be out on their own right yeah yeah and they're going to have to yeah. deal with you know shady shit. you know being careful coming out of you know bars because they're gonna they're gonna go to bars. They're they're gonna yep. be people. You know, and they're yep. gonna they're gonna talk to the wrong person. They're gonna. It's just uh, there's no. Uh... Well, I you know like we can teach them to
1: an extent, right? Like your kids and my kids, they have some street smarts. Until a street smart motherfucker walks in the building, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So like when they go off to college and to their fucking bars and whatnot, like. Yeah, they're they're gonna be street smart around their other college educated friends until that street kid walks in the in the bar and then yeah. they're no longer the street smart kid. You know. Yeah, yeah. So there's levels to everything, I guess.
0: For sure, for sure. So then, you guys just going back to the to the to the whole like Benton Core timeline. So you get out of you get out of the military and you start bouncing Two. around the states.
1: Well, I did a lot of bouncing around while in the military. I, I did a lot of hanging out in, in Patterson, New Jersey, up to no good. I was everywhere, man. Yeah. I was, I was everywhere in the States up to no good. Um, when I got out, I was going to move to New Jersey. I had a girlfriend at the time over there that, you know, we thought, but that didn't work out. And I ended up back in Chicago. And when I ended up back in Chicago, I got a job as a personal trainer. I was doing construction at the same time with my stepdad. I was going to college. Nice. Uh, I had already been doing, you know, so so if, if we go back in 99, when I was introduced to jiu-jitsu, I started training at, at a school in Berwyn or Cicero, Berwyn. Uh, called uh Combat Doe, Combat Do Jiu Jitsu with um Bob Schimmer. And at the time I was training over there with uh he was he was a fight organizer, so he had a lot of pretty good fighters over there. He did a lot of fight events for MMA when MMA was first coming up in the US. Um Shoney Carter.
0: Oh Shoney Carter
1: I wanna say he was like a maybe a purple belt at the time. But anyway. Then when I joined the military, I did a bunch of different martial arts with friends and through the military system and all that. And then when I got out, I reconnected with my recruiter who was training at a park, you know, the park district, you know, they always let you borrow space. So I started training there with him. Uh, Then I got away from it for a while. I got, I got a little bit heavier into bodybuilding. I was competing as a bodybuilder and everything. And then when I finally, uh, realized that bodybuilding wasn't really going anywhere, I broke was like, I had already met Brooke. I, I was going through a divorce. Um, and Brooke was like, Brooke. So, I mean, we're talking a 20 year span. I meet Brooke who is now my wife, as you know, yeah. um, She's training with Shoni Carter of all people, uh, for some MMA fights. And I saw she She was training for MMA. That's how I met her. Yeah. That's how I met her. And you know,
0: Brooke is a badass woman. Yeah. She
1: ain't, she ain't chopped liver. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's gotten soft now that she had kids, but she, she, uh, (laughs) she's bad. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, that's when we met and, and she did a bodybuilding competition with me. Yeah. She jumped on board um, and we just clicked and, and, you know, started dating. And um, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with bodybuilding. Like my body, was, my knees, you know, I'm beating up my body and I was just done with it. And she goes, why don't we train, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? And I was like, yeah, let's. Yeah. And at the time she lived behind the academy.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Literally behind the academy. Viana brothers yeah and um we started going there mm. and we stayed there
0: yeah. for many 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 years the story is is that uh you guys uh got married in the morning and then came to jujitsu class right after i heard that that yeah. was the that was the deal yeah. with you guys like one day when you know you guys have already been there for a while and then one day you just got just got hitched and and came to class. I, I was just like, "That's wild, man! That's a yeah. that's that's some kind of honeymoon." Yeah, yeah. I think I I think I might have proposed to
1: her on the mats too. Wow, I think she'll be able to better tell you. And if she tells you, just be like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what Rick said."
0: Yeah, that's exactly what Rick said. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. So it and you know she's got. She gets all the credit for what I've done in jiu-jitsu, I guess. because I was just going to retire from bodybuilding and start getting fat, you know.
0: Yeah, figure something else out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, no, she she pulled me in the gym and, you know, I fell in love with Pedro and the rest is history.
0: Now, we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. If especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example, it's the hosting service I use for my website, the flow Road podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great and you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call an work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams, you can put timelines on things, it organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable i love it just started using it Uh, i'm sharing it with my teams now it's a great tool for you to use for your work especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected we don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project how are you doing on this what's the timeline etc etc so with monday it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to Monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Eventually, you get to Brown. You hang out a little bit more, and then you you move to Westchester. Why Winchester? Winchester. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Yeah. Winchester. Why Winchester? Why Why Kentucky? What was What was it that called you? To Kentucky. So, Brooke is from Wyoming. So,
1: she's a country girl. She grew up in a town of 300 people. I never loved Chicago. Mm. The only reason I ever lived in Chicago is because my mom was there and because I landed really good jobs in Chicago. I don't know. I was just lucky that way with jobs. Like, I, I worked for CTA driving trains, which was a, a very good paying job. Then I got The job with the fire department, and when I when I opened my construction company in Chicago, I started doing pretty well. So Chicago is 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 definitely a city where if you want to make money, you know it's a good place to be. But I never loved it. I hate the cold. Mm. Uh, But anyway, a a couple of things happened. One, COVID. Yeah. Um, It was kind of an eye opener as to, again, you know, realizing like, shit, man, like life can literally just change in the blink of an eye. So, so are we where we want to be doing what we want to do? Because if we're not, then what are we waiting for? Uh, So COVID um, getting older and uh, the passing of uh, Pedro was kind of a, reminder of something that I had maybe grown complacent with, which is the knowledge of, you know, you can be gone at any given moment, Mm. you know? So, uh, when Pedro passed, I, I, I I spent some time thinking, am I doing what I want to be doing? We had also just, um, we had just finalized uh, a very nasty custody battle with my ex-wife where we had been awarded custody of my daughter. Um, so it was, it was a few different things or a handful of things that happened that made us be like, no, we don't want to be here. Right. How we landed in Winchester. <laughs> so we knew that we wanted to go South because we both hate the cold. Yeah. We knew we wanted to go south. We had kicked around the idea of moving to New Orleans for a while. We love New Orleans. But my mom being in Chicago was kind of like, and honestly, like, I don't know how I feel about it now, but like, my thought process last year was, if something happens to my mom, I can jump in the car and go, you know, I'm only six hours away from Chicago. It's not really bad drive. But now I think about it, I'm like, well, shit, if something happened, I'll probably just jump on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should have went to New Orleans, especially now that we're covered in snow over here. I'm like, geez, I didn't go far enough south. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so that was the thought process at the time. Like, I want to be far enough. And, And not just my mom. I mean, obviously, like we have lifelong friends in Chicago, right? from jujitsu and outside of the community. Like, so we wanted to be relatively close to Chicago, but in warmer climate. So Brooke asked me, she said, what state do you think about that? You're like, man, it's a beautiful place. And number one is San Diego for me. Like if, if, if money wasn't an issue, I'd move to San Diego. Hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah. But I had driven through Kentucky a handful of times while I was in the military. Cause I was stationed in Camp Lejeune and I would every so often drive up to Chicago to visit family. And I had driven through Kentucky a handful of times. And I, and I just, I had these memories of like, man, Kentucky is a beautiful state, you know, like the rolling Hills, the black horse fences, the horses fucking running up and down, you know, like it's just, it's seriously something out of a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I told her that I said, you know, every time I drove through Kentucky, I always thought, fuck, this is a beautiful place. And Brooke is crazy. Brooke is probably crazier than I am when it comes to shit like that. She's, she's, she backs me up on the dumbest things that I come up with. And just like that, she goes, all right, we're moving to Kentucky.
0: That's amazing.
1: So we started looking for property near Louisville or Louisville, as they call it around here. (laughs) Um, And Louisville is just crazy expensive. You know, we knew we wanted to buy land because they're not making more land. Right. So Owning land to me has always been a big deal as far as like uh, the legacy for my children and buying land in Louisville or near Louisville is just, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. So our realtor goes, what about Lexington? we got a property near Lexington that you guys might like. So we came and looked at it. We had never heard of Winchester, Kentucky, but we came, we saw the property and Brooke fell in love with it. And she goes, all right, we're buying this. House. I'm like, all right, That's amazing. And Three months later, we were moved. In. We were in Kentucky. We didn't know anyone in Kentucky. No one. We knew absolutely no one.
0: But that's something that you've done time and time again. It's not a. It's not hard for you, I guess, at this point, to just pick up and go and meet new people. Correct.
1: Correct. But but so, so yes.
0: Um, but
1: it's a little worrisome too, right? Because mm-hmm. as as um as I am getting older, and and. and You know, we do a lot of self-analyzing and, you know, I, I I catch myself wondering about, am I doing it because I'm bored with like, am am, am I unpleasable? Am I adventurous? Right. Like we we can, I can think about a a lot of different terms that could be positive or negative, right? Like Mm -hmm. unpleasable or adventurous, Mm -hmm. right? Always looking for growth or, you know, fear of growing stagnant, right? But yeah, uh, we came here and our, our, our initial plan was to come out here, live off the grid and open the gym. And uh, we're not living off the grid. Living off the grid is fucking hard. man. <laughs> like it, sounds, it sounds real cool. Yeah. Sounds poetic. Yeah. But holy shit, it's hard.
0: Well, you know, if you're living off the grid, there's no Netflix. So
1: there, yeah, there's no internet. You yeah. know, it,
0: <laughs>
1: there's no water
0: oh yeah yeah shit like that right no water no electricity all that kind of weird stuff that you actually kind of grown accustomed Uh, to and yeah and 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 you need money (laughs) it's funny you need money to live off grid see that would be one thing that would make me think that living off the grid would be attractive because i would think oh i don't need money to live off the grid shit you need money to live off grid man that's fucking we nuts. very we
1: very quickly realized that out here there's no such thing as living off grid right like there's always going to be someone knocking on your door right do you run electricity or do you fucking light candles every day right because if you're burning candles are you making your candles are you making wax or are you buying candles you need money to buy candles yeah. if you're burning kerosene you got to buy kerosene right if you if you don't have a well on your property, you need to pay someone to come out and dig a well for you so you can have your free water.
0: And you need right? money for that. You
1: need money for that. You and need I'd... money to install a septic system for all your shit. Fencing for your animals. Fencing costs money. Animals cause money. They get sick. They need fucking vitamins and food. And, you know, you got to build them shelter and they have babies and you got to take care of their babies and take them to the vet. The vet yeah. doesn't do shit for free. Yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. See you need vehicles.
1: You need vehicles, right? Yeah. Vehicles need maintenance. That's, so yeah, living off grid is. I wish there was a YouTube that fucking told you all that shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you watch all these people on YouTube. Like we're living off grid. Like, yeah, are you making six figures, fucking building computers on, from 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 your off grid home. You know, it, like
0: yeah, from your van, right? Yeah,
1: but yeah. That's yeah. been quite the, the the learning curve for us living out here with animals and whatnot.
0: That's funny because everybody's like, oh, living off the grid. That's the fantasy. That's the, you know, the government's not going to be watching me. I don't have to pay for this. I don't have to pay for that. Gonna, you know, it's all bullshit, huh? I mean, think
1: about it. Your tooth falls out.
0: Yeah. You need a
1: crown. Mm. How much is a crown? Fucking three grand, four grand. Yeah. If you don't so you have You got to make yeah. money. Yeah. 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 If you're living off grid, that means you're not working for anybody. You're not working for the man. Living off the
0: land, So you can, you can live, you can live without that, without that tooth, or you can go get it fixed and pay some money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough, so, man. So then, yeah. tell me, so then you get to, to, to Winchester and you start thinking, did you move there with the, with the idea of opening the school or did you get there first and then be like, Oh, you know, I think I'm going to open a school.
1: So my 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 retirement plan has always been a dream of owning a gym. Uh, so yeah, we we came out here with the idea of opening a gym, uh, and initially we wanted to open the gym on our property, and and we still have that's kind of one of our plans as we hopefully grow a little bit uh, is to build a, a, a gym, but to do like uh, retreats, mm. you know, build a few cabins on our property you know, rent the cabins and do like um, seminars and stuff like that, like book seminars and has people come out to the property and, you know, book uh, trips to like uh, the bourbon trail and all that stuff, you know, just. um, So initially we wanted to build on the property, but then we found, uh, so when I transferred to the fire department here, we started, I started making friends with the fire uh, with the firefighters out here. And as I ran the ideas by them, they were like, well, Because we don't we live in the country of Winchester, I guess you call it like like we don't live in the city of Winchester because we have land. So we live out here. They call it living in the county. We live in the county. We don't live in. um, As I was talking to these guys, they were like, well, it's going to be hard to open up a gym out in the county. Why don't you open it in the city? And I kept getting the same, the same kind of reply from everyone. Like, it's going to be hard opening in the country, you know, or in the county. I thought it would be super appealing because it's in the country, right? Like you you look out the window and it's fucking all trees. And, you know, so I thought like, who doesn't want that? Right. But that's me thinking as a Chicagoan, that's me thinking as, as somebody from the city, I'm not thinking as a local. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, nobody wants to drive out to the county to go to the gym, right? Like the people that live in the city, they don't want to drive out to the county. So I started, I started kind of reanalyzing things and, and we started looking for property in downtown Winchester. And we found one that we had really liked. It was two stories and we got beat on that, uh, on that bid. And then the second building that we found, we found it by just walking around. And it was a for sale by owner. We called him and we got a pretty good deal on the building. We bought it and... Started gutting the place out and rehabbing it, and you know, getting ready to open our gym.
0: What I loved about that is that you bought the building. The building is yours. That's yeah, that's yours, so you can make something of it. You know, like renting. There's nothing wrong with renting. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's there's a lot wrong with renting. Well, I was trying to cut people slack, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. It, it, there's a lot wrong with renting, right? Um, well, first off, it's not yours. You, gotta, you got a landlord. You got to do what he wants you to do. You can't do everything you want to do. Like yep. gutting a the place. There could be problems with gutting the place. The guy might not let you.
1: Yeah, well, and, and you know, even if they did, like, are you going to want to put that kind of money into a building that's not yours?
0: Exactly. Right?
1: Are you going to want to build new bathrooms and run on new electrical and put new hardwood floors in if the building doesn't belong to you? But more importantly, is that owner going to try to kick you out five years from now? Yeah. You know, or or is he going to, or is the rent going to go up every year? Right.
0: You know, he sees uh, you're making money, you're doing well and he wants a piece. Yep. So every, every year, every year that the rent goes up, guess what happens to your memberships? They have to go up, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so Brooke hates that. She despises that. So, the idea of opening a gym in a building that we didn't own was never even an option
0: that's amazing that's and it's smart it's really it's really smart i mean there's some situations where it's unavoidable right um yeah but but you managed to be pretty much the only jujitsu school in town yes for now yeah for now until you yeah, start making in- black belts and then you guys your black belts are going to start trying to open schools across the street <laughs>
1: and I'm, I'm and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that <laughs> but um yeah th- there's there's a jiu-jitsu gym in richmond which is about 40 minutes away 40 minutes south and then there's a bunch of gyms in lexington which is about 40 minutes uh northwest of winchester and then there's Georgetown, which is about an hour and change. Mm-hmm. So we're roughly looking at about a 40 minute radius or 40 minute, 40 mile radius, 40 to 50 mile radius, where there's no other jiu-jitsu gym in the area.
0: Dude, that's, that's, first of all, it's great. But also like, think about the people who may have wanted to try jujitsu, but don't want to drive 40 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, like for myself, I live in a suburb, you know, and we've talked. We have friends. You and I have friends, or he's actually he's an acquaintance of mine, but a friend of yours. He owns a gym not too far from here, and the only reason I don't go there is because, you know, I have to jump on an expressway and during rush hour traffic. That would be a forty minute drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and it may be okay for me, but it's not it's not time efficient when I want to get for the kids everyone. involved in jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, so. You being in town for your locals to come and do jujitsu, I mean, wouldn't it be fantastic if the whole town knew jujitsu? That'd be great. That'd be one badass town. It's it's
1: it's a great. I mean, it's great to be the only ones. Yeah, it's scary too, though, right? Like, like, why is it? Why is it that there's no jujitsu in town? (laughs) Because we're gonna fail miserably, right? Uh Like, um. So we, we know that it's going to be a slow process being that we're the ones that are, as you would call it, paving the way, right? Like we know it's going to be, I mean, the, there's, there's a gym here. Um, I believe it's like a Taekwondo chain. They have like four or five gyms
0: mm.
1: and that's that, like, that's it as far as martial arts goes in this town. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're killing it those guys are killing it i mean that guy's got figure it figured out he's got buses that pick kids up from school and brings oh. them to the gym he, i mean he's he's making money
0: wow that's smart yeah but liability i don't know that i would want that
1: mm-hmm. one of my employees driving a bus gets in an accident kills 20 kids hard pass yeah <laughs> insurance yeah. on that must not be fun yeah but anyway um yeah it's it's very exciting to be the ones that are paving the road but it's also scary to think like th- there is there is a possibility that we won't be around two or three years from now you know which i won't accept that as an option but yeah you know it always exists
0: well i mean that's always uh you know fuel for inspiration right <clears throat> yeah you know it makes you uh kind of think for answers and figure out how to how to be not only a good business but a good a good teacher and and be smart in your marketing and try to bring people in yeah which, and, and, and which you are doing, like you're you're working with with a lot of like from what you told me, you were working with a lot of people trying to figure out ways to get not only adults but yeah, but also get children in there so that they can learn the the benefits of jujitsu. yeah, so i'm i'm
1: I'm working on putting a program together for the fire department. Uh, I'm put, I'm working to put a program together for the police department here in Winchester.
0: That's amazing.
1: Right now, as we speak, we're we're negotiating a deal with a, a local daycare to teach their kids, kind of like an after-school program. We have we have people that are reaching out about teaching a yoga program at, at a high school. Nice. Um, so the the opportunity is there. It's 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 up to us to pick up every stone to find the Avenue. Right. It's not like Chicago where like you open up a coffee shop and people just walk through the door. Right. Like people just see it. People know it's there. Right. Out here. Like you, like you have to get creative, which is, it's, it's challenging and, and, and cool too. Right. To like, you have to think outside the box, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right. Putting jitsu program together for a daycare, (laughs) you know, like, and, and people out here are very community driven, um, You know like the the owner of that daycare he's gonna pay for that program out of pocket just because he believes in the benefits of jujitsu and and exposing kids to things that they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to
0: so like that's a great fit for jujitsu because i mean jujitsu is very community driven i mean it's very i mean if if people are looking for a place to kind of come together make friends work out and join like-minded people jiu-jitsu is like the perfect situation for that I, i'm not trying to downplay it but i think if you can get people in the door it, it would be i would think hard for them to leave you know i hope so yeah hope so, so tell me tell me about what your jujitsu is like like uh, uh what what kind of you know what kind of game you like playing what's what's the what's the thing that you find interesting in, in in the games that you play in jujitsu like uh are you more of a beating bolo guy are you uh you know i was for a while yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and then my neck said all right that's enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> well dude i remember rolling with you <clears throat> and there was one time where you got the best of me real good and you got a clock choke and i was like this is the strongest fucking clock choke i have ever felt in my life i felt like i was getting my head chopped off hmm. and then i finally tapped and i was just like why is that i i sat there and i was just like why was this so strong you know if and you felt so heavy i think it was rafa or somebody told me it was just like oh yeah no dude climbed up the wall oh but, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was, I had my legs propped up on the wall.
0: Yeah, you got, you got jumped up on the wall, and then like because we were close to the wall.
1: (laughs) Yep. yep, And I think
0: I, I was even trying to use the wall to block you you from.
1: You totally were. Yep. That's exactly what you were doing, and that's why I climbed it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you went spider-man on that shit you fucking yeah. almost knocked me out dude i was like i
1: totally remember that
0: yeah i woke up I, I got out of it and i was just like whoa you know like when like right before like you know you're gonna go out and you yeah, and you finally yeah, yeah. You, you get that, you light get that warm, warm, yeah. Warm. yeah yeah that's exactly what I felt. i was like i came up and i was like holy shit what the fuck was that you know why was it so strong i never felt a clock choke like that before and i think it was rob i was like oh dude climbed up the wall you know it was just- yeah yep, yep.
1: i totally remember that yeah i was, just um, like,
0: I was like what the fuck man
1: <laughs> so um i love chokes yeah i love chokes um as far as my guard game or my, or my passing game. I am super adventurous. Mm. I, I, I like learning. Like there is so much, it's so much fun for me to always be doing something different in Jiu Jitsu.
0: Mm.
1: You know? So like I, I have my go-tos, right? Like if, if, if I want to pass your guard, like I have the one pass that I'm going to go to. Right. But i i try my best not to i try my best to like try something that i haven't done in a while or something that might be good. ultimately like if 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 i want to bring it all to an end like i love leg dragging taking the back and choking motherfuckers out you know like that's 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 my bread and butter but again i i I try so much to not do any of that Mm. you know and what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of attacks from mount. Oh, interesting. And the reason why is because it's the system that we're going through at the gym right now. So we're getting a lot of drills and going over a lot of details that, you know, make your mount better and your attacks from mount better. But also I have memories of, of Pedro mounting me or anyone at the gym for that matter. And none of us being able to get him off. You know, mm. we're talking about a guy that was 165 pounds at best, right. Yep. At best. And and this guy mounted you and, and he just felt like the world was on your chest, you know? And as I'm, um, as I'm getting older and lighter, I'm like, you know what, if, if I could be a little bit like him, that'd be cool. Like if I could mount people and have people be like, man, like I just couldn't get you off of me. I was like, cause I, I always avoided mount, right. Because
0: you, I think you told me one time you felt that mount was limited in terms of attacks, that you have more options from side control, perhaps.
1: Correct. Right, right. And, and, and I still stand by that, right? Like side control, you have options to go North, go to the other side, like take the back mount. Like you got, you got more, when you're mounted, you're mounted, right? Like you got to start attacking, right? Yeah. Um, the um, I lost my train of thought on what I was saying.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I know I interrupted no, no, all good it'll come back to me yeah so like yeah the other problem too with mount is it's kind of it's kind of dangerous because you can easily lose it <laughs> and end up on your back
1: right yeah well yeah exactly like it, it came back to me um and it has something to do with mounted uh but yeah you're right like uh, when you're mounted on someone and you lose that position you more than likely end up on the bottom right so you have this position that's like a very good position you mounted and if you make a mistake now you're on the bottom. Yeah. So you went from a really good position to a very bad position. Yeah. Side control. It gives you so much, so many options to circle, to, you know, um, it's very hard to end up on the bottom when you're on side control. Right. Uh, but back to my point, uh, the, what I had forgotten earlier was we had, we had some big boys at our gym. Right. Like I was always training with you. I was always training with Haha. Um Andrew later. Uh Juan, right? Juan is a strong ox. Mm-hmm. He's not a big boy, but he was he was strong. Um in the night class you had David I mean, right? Daniel, right? Uh mm-hmm. Mitch, you know, like Jeff Hawks, you know, like yeah. animals, right? Yeah, big, strong animals, animals. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I never had confidence in my mount because I was always fighting all these big boys. And I, like, you know, if I mounted you, it was very easy for you to blow me over. Right. Yeah. Or, or,
0: well, it's because again, you're right, because I'm bigger, <clears throat> right? So your legs are, you know, because I'm, you know, cause I'm heavy, especially like myself or, or someone like Amin that you mentioned, we're big boys. Right. Amin I think it's like over 300 pounds. Yeah. That dude, you, you mount that guy, your knees aren't touching the ground. Exactly. And that makes it easier for you to get rolled. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and so I always, I, I avoided Mount
1: for, for years because of that, because of the people that I was training with, I just could never hold the position. But now again, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like it's time to not avoid it. Now it's time to get good at it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to Mount you or David Amin and I them be like, Oh shit. Like this guy has changed. Right. Yeah. And the only way that I can do that is by mounting people and giving up position a lot, which I've been doing a lot lately, right? I've been giving up my position a lot to try to get that mount, but I've been getting a little bit sharper with my attacks from mount. You know? Nice. So
0: so that's, that's kind of what you're doing right now. It's just kind of sharpening the tools that you have.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the, to the beginning, if you will, you know, hmm. and, and I'm also putting a lot of emphasis on, like I love the new school jujitsu. I really do. And, and I still, I'm always on a learning path, right? Like I'm always looking for something new to learn. Um, but I also love old school jujitsu. Yeah. I, and then in fact, I would say I love it more, right? Because old school jujitsu, you can do it no matter what. Right. Yeah the inversions and all that other fancy stuff like once your body gives once your neck gives your knees or your hips you know like it's it's no longer very possible right but the old school jiu jitsu like you
0: can always do it right yeah yeah like you the know. Carlson Gracie style hard passing heavy uh that stuff that's very complementary to what I like to do uh it's very it's very safe very sure it's a little slower pace uh, but also it's, uh, if, if I'm trying to pass, for example, I'm going to get my pass, you know, and it's gonna, yeah. and it's gonna suck for you, <laughs> yep, you know, yep, yep, not yep. you in general, but like, you know, yeah. you for whoever's yeah, nice
1: and tight and controlled and yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that.
0: Yeah, me too. I am. It's, it, you know, I'm an old man. I like playing that game. I don't like somersaulting or, you know, doing yeah. all that fancy footwork stuff, um, don't don't get me wrong, I love that shit. And I wish right. I could do that shit. Right, but right, right. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that when I get to be 60, and I wanna continue being exactly I want to continue exactly. training when I'm 60. So I gotta yeah. adapt to a style that, that works forever. Right. Yeah. But yeah. uh I, I will admit I love the legs. The legs are one of my favorite things, and uh wish I could spend more time studying it. But yeah. oh, so speaking of studying, are, are there people that you like to follow people you study, uh, on the regular, or do you just kind of like, uh, do what, what do you do exactly in terms of growing and learning more?
1: So it's funny because I tell, I tell all the guys at my gym, I'm I'm like, I'm not a real problem, man. I, I watch YouTube videos right before class and I come over here and teach yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. yeah. Um, but that's kind of the ongoing joke at, at, at our gym. I'll be like, yeah, I just learned this one on YouTube. So, but, uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, the, the information is there, right? Yeah. Like, you know, back in the day, information wasn't so readily available, right? But now you have everything at your fingertips. Yeah. You know, so why not use it to your advantage? Absolutely. Why not, why not use it to grow? Mm-hmm. As far as who I follow, I love one of my favorite jujitsu Practitioners is hold on for mm.
0: He's
1: my favorite by far.
0: Yeah, wow. I like. Uh, he's got, he's sorry, got before,
1: speed. Mm. He's got speed. He's got strength. He's got pressure passing. Like to me, he's a he's a very complete fighter. You know, mm. he submits. He chase. I, I I like watching the 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 big boys or studying the big boys because they chase submissions. Huh they're not fucking chasing advantages or you come up on one knee and then I come up on one knee and then we do that until 10 seconds. And yeah. then, you know, like <laughs> like the, the big boys chase it, you know, yeah, you know, yeah they're yeah. always after the submission. Not to say that there aren't some small guys out there that don't. Mm. Right. But that's just my, my, I, I I'm a huge fan of Bruno scene. you know, going, going in the opposite direction, right. Going to like the small guys that, our animals with the submissions and everything. I, I like Bruno Malfes. I like his style of passing. I like his relentlessness in sweeping. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously of, of the Mendes brothers and their teaching style. And their I like methodology them a lot too. In yeah. explaining techniques. Um, everyone really, it, yeah. it, there's like, I, I don't just follow that, but I love Bushesha, right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I don't just follow those guys. Like, my my YouTube. If I if I crack open my YouTube, it's it's bombarded by farming stuff and jujitsu stuff, right? So like, if I see someone that like, you know, the explanation says what kind of move it is, I am like, oh shit! I like let me check that out. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's some guy that I've you know, not a world champion or some unknown guy out in wherever Tennessee or Texas, like just purple belt, it doesn't matter to me, right? Like if they have something cool to show, I'm gonna I'm going to listen and, then, you know, yeah. hopefully walk away with something that makes my, my game or my teaching ability better.
0: You know? I, I do the same thing. Instagram. My Instagram is just, it's just like comic books and jujitsu. Yeah. You know? It's all like every, like everything that I save is all like jujitsu, jujitsu, jujitsu. And it's like, I got, a billion moves that i was saving in my instagram uh, account that just i just look at and it's it's uh it's amazing the knowledge that people are sharing you know um uh, it, it's it's not like it was back in the day and you do have no, no, you enough. do, and, and you're right like like uh there might be a purple belt who has something worth yep. showing you know or there's some uh you know or you know some of the big guys marcelo garcia whoever the mendes brothers they might you know they might post something and you're like, fuck, this is awesome. You know, I love Instagram for that. I, but, I, I'm, I'm not on Instagram much. Yeah.
1: I have an Instagram and I post on it every now and then, but I'm not. I'm, I'm a Facebook guy.
0: You're a Facebook guy? Yeah. I'm a Facebook I, guy, yeah. I, I like the YouTube. I like, oh, I do I, it all actually. YouTube for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do it all. There's a guy. There's a guy on Facebook. I cannot think
1: of his name right now. I've been watching a lot of his videos. Uh, it's only in Portuguese. Oh, wow. Uh, But I'm going to send you his name and you're going to look him up and tell me, I mean, his teaching style, his technique, the stuff that he does, Mm -hmm. it's going to take you back in time. You're going to, you're going to feel like, holy shit. I feel like I'm in one of Pedro's classes.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Send it to me. I'm going to send it to you. I've been watching him a lot lately. There's one guy I like on YouTube a lot his his, the name of the channel is teach me grappling.
1: I've seen it. Yeah, I, I re really,
0: I really like that guy because he doesn't just do jujitsu; he does wrestling. So he like he yep, sh- yep, you know. Yep. So I've been looking at him to kind of uh, sharpen the takedown techniques and stuff. Where is he? I don't know. He does a lot of wrestling. Feels he like does... He's up in the, like in Montana, or I thought he was south, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that yeah, could i, be I, I you know, it up. But... I'll look it up. You know, but but yeah, he's good. He's good. So yeah, so... he does a lot of wrestling yeah he does so uh we're coming to the end of the show here man we've we've been on here for almost a couple hours you is there anything you want to plug before we get going you got your you got your website yeah we got our website um fifth element uh yoga
1: and brazilian Mm jiu-jitsu.com um that's it you know i just want to say thank you for having me
0: oh dude thank you for coming on man we'll do it again for sure
1: Absolutely, man. We've been talking about this for years. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about this literally for at least three years.
0: Well, you're going to have your grand opening, right? It's in March.
1: Yes, for March 26th. We're going to have our grand opening. Um, and I know it's kind of a late grand opening because we've been open for like five months.
0: <laughs> but, but, you've, but there's been a lot of wackiness, right? So, well, there's, you know, COVID, um, mm-hmm. then the holidays came. I mm-hmm. didn't
1: want to have it during the holidays. And I also wanted to do it far enough away that our friends from Chicago could possibly plan to come. Right. And, and I, I couldn't hit you guys up two weeks before and expect any of you guys to make it right. Mm-hmm. But if I give you guys a two month notice, like,
0: you can't say no, I mean, huh? Can't say no, <laughs> man. You know,
1: like, uh, but yeah, March 26th is going to be a grand opening.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: I am, I am. Hopefully we'll have a good day. I, I, I wanted, I wanted to make it a three day thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: where like we taught a bunch of seminars and like, you know, eat and go on a tour. And, and one of my neighbors here has a vineyard. Um, but I think it would be impossible to ask of our Chicago friends to come out here for three days. I think, I think one day is a stretch. So we're going to limit it to one day. Um, you know, we'll have our belt promotion, then we'll do an open mat or small seminar depending on who shows up and who wants to teach something, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, just feast and just, you know,
0: that's amazing. I would love to come down there. let me I gotta now that I know the date, let me see what I can do about like scheduling the time and because uh, I would love to be down there. I mean I don't know if I can make it down on the 26th, but I want to be down there for around that time. Because actually, the the twenty six is when my wife—that's my wife's birthday. So, <laughs> awesome! Bring her down. <laughs> Bring her down for jujitsu. Yeah, I'm sure she'd I'm love sure that. I'm sure she be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe she she'd be interested that. in the yoga. You know, that's the other thing too. you yeah. guys don't just do uh, jujitsu? You guys do yoga.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. So we, uh, we, we we partnered up with a with a uh, this bar name, A Better, right down the street from us. We partnered up with them. We're doing the yoga class over there. at Yoga and beer
0: nice night, i
1: believe yeah
0: yeah we're, we're, we're again we're, we're
1: we're getting creative man it's trying uh-huh. to grow both jiu-jitsu and yoga in the community but uh yeah so uh, march 26 uh if you, the week before that uh i believe the week before that my brother-in-law is going to be coming down from montana he's going to be teaching a leg lock seminar at the gym. oh i like that so I'll get, I'll get dates from him. If you cannot make the 26th, I'll send you whatever date he's going to be here. And if you can make that, you know, that also be great. And it's going to be a would, free seminar. So.
0: That would be right on my alley too. I love that. Yeah. He's, he's,
1: he claims that he's become quite a leg lock master.
0: Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to tap off. He's, you, talented. Man. He's, he's very talented. He's
1: very talented. Shout out to my brother-in-law uh, drew with Setsung. Uh, his music is all right. His jujitsu is a little bit worse than his music.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Shout out to <laughs> shout out
1: shout out to the whole Chicago crew. Uh, all of our all of our jujitsu gang, Daniel. You know, Daniel Viana, Yeah. Thank you for everything you guys have done. That's it, man.
0: All right, brother. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Rick. I really appreciate thanks. your time, man. And, and dude, uh, damn, dude that's that's quite a life you have there man um i'm I'm, i'll be honest man i'm you've always impressed me with the type of person you are and uh i feel lucky for just knowing you man thanks man i appreciate it all right been a good friend to me as well so we'll stay in touch absolutely brother and i i promise i will be down there in march i don't know what day but i will be there
1: and even if it's not in march
0: man whenever whenever you know we got a we got a spare bedroom here so anytime all right, brother. Thanks. I'll right. definitely take you up on that, man. All right, brother. All right. Take care. The music you're listening to is titled Lo Lograré by Looney. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And should you go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. I'm really grateful for the time Rick spent with me to talk about his school and all the things that he's witnessed and what drives him and how he sees fear—it's inspiring. He's really opened my eyes. I feel like I like I waste a lot of time, and how many of us do that? I mean, it's—it happens. A lot of us waste a lot of time, and it's just the way it is. I mean, sometimes we take time for granted, and uh, we should we should take advantage of every minute possible. Now, if you want to go and check out Rick Bentoncourt's school, he's the co-owner of fifth element yoga and brazilian jiu-jitsu him and his wife own the school they're out in winchester kentucky and you can find them on their website fifth element yoga and brazilian you can also go to their instagram fifth element yoga bjj don't you worry i will make sure to put all those links in the description so that you can find rick and his wonderful school. Now in March, I believe the date is March 26th, he's gonna have a grand opening and it's gonna be amazing. So make sure you make time and head on over to Rick's School in Winchester. Now if you're digging what you're listening to and you want some more, head on over to our website, theflowroadpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some Flow Roll merchandise. Also, don't forget to follow me, Edgar Otra Vez, on Instagram under the name Edgar Otra Vez. And don't forget to follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And if you like the show, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. and Press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much, Rick, for coming on the show and sharing your story, man. I really do appreciate you and the time that you spent. You're one of the good guys, man. I'm glad we've met, and I'm glad we're friends. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ego Traves signing off. Behave yourselves. Later.